we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what? You bugging ass devil, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in you. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. Now, where's the cheese? Australian Indian, by the way. Oh, Okay, how was it? Mm, I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. How about corned beans, Mr. Tiger? I'd say you've had enough. Ah, mm. oh, I'm not bad much. Well, I do it because I don't like paying rent, but it's much cheaper than a mortgage. <laughs> so, Sal, I've got to ask, you got any good tips for cooking for uh, five people? <laughs> yeah. Buy more stuff. Get yourself a pressure cooker. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm going to have to just up upsize all my pots and pans. Have you got a pressure cooker? No, I've got slow cookers. No pressure cooker, though. I should lend you a pressure cooker for a while. What's the, what's the difference between a pressure cooker and cooking slow? Just speed? Yeah. Also, when you pressure cook, it becomes more liquidy. Okay. So, you know when you slow cook, it's all beautifully emulsified yeah. and delicious so when you pressure cook you still get the same tender meat and stuff but the liquid doesn't go as much no so you have to take the lid off because that's because it's been steam and pressure yeah. and so you have so to take the so lid off for soups and stuff like that stocks uh look i love it i use it a lot for cooking like lamb shanks during the week or if i want to make off okay. a buco and yeah. you know so I, you're like, I put lamb shanks on today for Vanessa, but I put them on at 6.30 in the morning at 70 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I could do that in the afternoon, just do them in a couple of hours. You can cook a lamb shank in like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That quick. Yeah. So it's fantastic. So it's for when yeah, yeah. you're not that organised. And as you know, I'm just not that organised. Quite often. So you come home and you just go, oh man, wouldn't mind, you know, or you can cook up beans really quickly or you can, yeah, soups, yeah. just anything, really quick. Yeah. I tried making baked beans the other day because Vanessa loves baked beans. And I mm. thought, oh, well, I'll do it properly and try and make, you know, proper baked beans. And my beans were too hard. I thought I cooked them for ages. Mm. Did you soak them? No. <laughs> that helps. Oh, did I? Did I? Maybe I did soak them overnight. I oh, I did everything right. You poor thing. You're off your head. Who'd know? <laughs> I'm like, Vanessa sort of like pushed them around the plate and I tasted them and they tasted nice. They had like bacon and mm. like speck and, yeah. and you know, really nice. But the beans tasted terrible. terrible. Like the, the texture was terrible. And I'm like, look, I don't even like baked beans. Why am I going to the 70 to 7 out of 10? <laughs> one of those things that in my mind at that particular time was a really good idea but I wasn't cooking for myself because I hate baked beans but you probably find it relaxing too like when you cook I don't know if you like me but I kind of tune off and you just go yeah. into another little world so it's probably sorry that's my husband cleaning up his cure poster that fell off the wall today that's all the noise <laughs> to keep it down in there <laughs> <laughs>
He's uh, an angry man. Um, yeah, I do. I turn off. So I find it really quite relaxing. Mm. And you probably need some relaxing. Just some sleep that's good. I've got two... Have you had... Has it been your mum staying with you or is that Vanessa's mum? No, my mum stayed and Vanessa's parents are coming up for a couple of days each this week. Yeah, right. Because Vanessa can't drive. Oh, yeah. For our hundreds of podcast listeners that don't know, I had twins a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Premi, how much? 30 weeks and three days, they weren't. (gasps) Tiny. And it was a bit of a... Because I know we didn't do a podcast. Of oh, you'll be inundated yeah. with oh, presents. The fan mail was right. Because <laughs> um, I, I think I can do the podcast on the Wednesday that week. And the Thursday... That was the day she had the babies. Because you, you said, oh, I've got to go to hospital. Yeah, and then no, the that... next thing you were announcing that you had kids. So yeah, that was the, the Thursday we were going to do a podcast. And Vanessa texted me and said, come to the hospital. So we went to Logan, mm. and they'd done some scans and done some weird stuff. And they sent us to the MARTA, and the MARTA's like, yep, we'll do some scans. Did the scans, and the guy came back out, and also the, the, the um, you know, the, the lady doing the scans did her scan, and then the, the, um, the doctor comes back out and does a, a bit of a scan mm. himself, and that's the results. And then he's walked over. Picked the phone up and goes, yes, I need to walk Vanessa Beasley into a room. And we're like, right, well, <laughs> guess they're not, I guess they're not staying in. Mm. Oh, God. So, so, yeah, it's been yeah. A, an interesting couple of weeks. Yeah, full on. Goodbye but, life as you know it. Hello, new life. Well, I ate out for like three nights in a row. Not, went to this cool little bar. Have you been to that Padre? Near the Marta? No, but I saw it. Is that where you met the new dads? Yeah. Yeah, that, no, was, a, that was a really cool little bar. Yeah, it looks good. It reminded me a lot of the alley. Mm. And um, and yeah, that was just cool because I'm like exhausted. Mm. And, you know, obviously Vanessa gets hospital food. Lucky um, Vanessa, yeah. Which wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, actually. Mm. She got like a big um, chicken and mushroom croissant. Uh, not croissant, um... Volivant, you know, like a big volivant yeah. that was pretty nice one night. She got a schnitzel one night that wasn't completely rubbish. It was it was better than I thought it would be. Still hospital. You food. didn't hang around for it though? Well I mean they don't don't give you two meals. Don't they feed you if you're there? No. Oh. No. They let you stay on a mattress that's looks remarkably similar like this hardwood floor that we're standing on at the moment. Oh really? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. So I'd go over to Padre and have a feed, have a chat. Is that to where you got the duck nachos? Yeah, the duck yeah, right. nachos. And I had a, a nice um, slow cooked beef brisket burger. Oh, nice. The, the night before. And I'd, ha- I'd smash like three drinks oh. and then go back. And I'd be like, oh, I'd lie down and go to sleep from my three drinks and, and the accumulated tiredness. <laughs> Get a couple of hours sleep before I had to get up and help Vanessa again. Gosh. So yeah, I ate out breakfast, lunch and dinner for three days, which is so unusual for me. Oh, you I felt so, like you're on holidays, but you're uh, not. A bit weird. I'm so glad to get back to my kitchen and actually cook something. Yeah. I know. Because were you disappointed apart from Padre? 
There was a little, there's a pub across the road, and I don't know whether it's a chain pub or... or oh, that one is. on the corner? Yeah, the brew house. Yeah, no, that's not a chain pub, I don't think. Their food was okay. I had a nice lunch there one day, which was like smashed potatoes and um, sun-dried tomatoes and capsicum. And it was sort of like a roast potato dish. It was quite nice. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, I had a gnocchi that was pretty ordinary. Mm. It's cheap though, isn't it? The food's quite cheap. Uh, it was pub food prices, like cheaper pub food prices. Because sometimes the, the they have thing, two for ten bucks, and I see these signs at the, the front. The beautiful looking. thing was they have cheap or cheapish, but good cheapish beer that they oh. brew themselves. They had a really nice honey wheat beer, which I oh. could have drunk more than one or two. Of. Our relationship is forever. Everyone's brewing their own beer, aren't they? Yeah, it's good. Back in my day when I was running the pubs, it was like you had to pay huge money for for good um, local beers or imported beers and everybody had the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love going to a pub and finding yeah, all the different little amazing. ones that they've got. It's great. Yeah. Uh, everyone's a hipster. I think people are a bit more... Once upon a time, if you went to a pub, and even if you got like a James Squire, like a good local beer, mm. uh, local, local, I mean Australian, but yeah. like you'd be seen as a yuppie ordering a top, you know, a, a nice beer. Why oh, aren't you drinking BB, mate? You should, that's fucking all 4X, that's good enough for all of us, isn't it? Whereas now, everyone's like, well, if it's good beer, you drink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, no stigma. and yeah. chicks are into beer too now. Like yeah. women drink beer lots. I went to archive the other night, the other day, first time because I've moved to West End, so I've got all these new, new places locals. to check out. So I went to archive. That was great. What's 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 a beer? beer? It's kind of like beer so restaurant. Like a little microbrewery with um with food. Yeah, yeah. And good beer. Well, it's not a brewery as such. They just have lots of different beers on tap, okay. like. 40 or 50. I only drank one. I was having a little shandy, I was. Um, <laughs> How very uh, grandmotherly of you. So. <laughs> Told you I've turned into a grandmother. Uh, but that was good. Really cool. And good food. Because you want good food if you're going to... Like, good pub food. Yeah, it was good basic food. Yeah. Like, you know, pulled pork, you know, pulled pork, good, good chips. Good chips. That's... I'm... I'm happy. Good chips. Well, I just had to be quite honest. I'll fess up. Chips and beer. Yeah. I love chips and beer. And I know it's a bit of a, seen as a bit of a overused wanky thing, but good aioli. I love good aioli with chips. Mm. Well, I had aioli. It wasn't great, but it certainly did that day. (laughs) Um, I don't, probably not still there, but when Roman Street Parklands first opened up that new precinct the cafe there we went there one day and got some they had fries shoestring fries but really nice crispy shoestring Mm. fries they had a seaweed aioli oh and it was and I talked to the chef he said they just ground dried seaweed up and then put the powder through the aioli oh yum that was beautiful it was really really nice nice 
so. Do that. Mm. I love seaweed. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've never been to that cafe actually. I very, I very much doubt it to be the same person there. No, I doubt it. But it's still quite a cool cafe. It still looks okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, our cheese is a bit slim because I haven't uh, been cooking or buying much food. Well, I was going to stop on the way and I thought, I have no She'll idea. have something, no surely. Idea. No idea where, where you live or how long this is going to take. <laughs> uh, no, because like you, when your life's turned upside down, you just eat out. Mm. That's just what you do. Yeah. So we've just been eating out heaps lately. We've we've eaten our way along Hargrove Road, which is Asian food galore. But any good stuff? Oh, nothing to write home about. No, just your run of the mill. There's a Vietnamese. It's a, the Japanese is good because that's mizu, which is quite good. Yeah. Um, but it's just you know. I can't wait for Natasha's article to come out with the dumplings. Have you been seeing those tweets? Oh, that came out today. Oh, did it? I, oh. I, I Facebooked it today. Like, I really like dumplings, and I don't eat them out enough. Like, mm. And I think it's... I find with Asian food that I'm worried that it's going to be really dodgy <laughs> and... and um, uh, like, because I think you'd get two standards, wouldn't you? Like, especially more out in my burbs. Yeah, well, they're changing a bit, though. Like, I used to find that the Asian... We had this conversation before about Asians don't really like to be that Asian. They think no. that we don't like really like Asian food. We like it to be... Yeah, so they're Anglophile. Yeah, so they're Anglophile. But whereas now, I think they're kind of... They're kind of, you know... Going back grips to... with the fact that... We've all been to Asia. Can you actually cook? But a lot of them don't know how to cook authentic food because they've been Uh, here for so so long. long. You know, they forget that what the food actually tastes like. A lot of them don't go home a lot. So I'm I'm really keen to to see out of which of those dumplings I can access. Well, the best was I read it. The best word the Taste Gallery. She put, and I love Taste Gallery. That's at Market Market Square in Sunnybank. Yeah, so we really should go on. Would they, would they be open around this time of day? Or would yeah, they... we should go there and just eat dumplings one. Yeah, Let's do that next week. Do a podcast from, <laughs> from Sunnybank. I'll meet you at Sunnybank. It'd be good at this time of the afternoon because it wouldn't be that busy. Yeah. Just, just rock up and go, do you mind if we, uh, if we record <laughs> on your plastic tables? I had the most hilarious thing today, right, because I've got a trek on on the weekend and I haven't been out to Anala for ages. So yeah. I went out there today because I thought... I better just go and scoot around and because the shops over there they've been through a big change and I thought I'll go and introduce myself to the owners and just make sure they know who I am and get myself all done. So I've gone into this shop that I love, used to love and this asshole little Vietnamese dude's running it, right? And I'm going, oh hi, I'm Sally and brings, he's, got, he's shaking his finger at me and looking the other way and I went, are you going to listen to me? And he's, I don't care what you say. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. And there was a lady there, and she was really lovely. I said, I really just wanted to let you know, I do food tours. I'm coming here on Saturday. I've got a group of eight people. You'll see me walking around. You'll wonder what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. But I probably won't come to your <laughs> yeah, shop. Yeah, but I was thinking, you are such an asshole. I'll probably go away. Because, you know, they all end up spending money and stuff. So it's a bit so like... is he just like a grocery store, like fresh yeah, foods? Yeah, or... so he has a really good... I, I like the store because they have lots of... Uh, green groceries like 
greens and yeah. vegetables out on the footpath. So it's really easy to access and yeah. it's really easy for me to talk and you kind of don't get caught up in a lot of people. But anyway. Yeah, it's probably not going to be a good look if he comes out shaking his finger at you. But I'll, I'll probably say I used to. And I saw the, the lady that used to own it now owns a homewares store out there. And I said, oh, I've just been over to your bloody shop and... He's an asshole. She goes, ah, everyone says that. Oh. I went, oh, he's just... Anyway, Anala has exploded. Boom. Every shop is double the size that it was two months ago. It, 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 is, it has gone mad. There's this yeah, other right. chick that I know out there, and she's just sold a shop, but she's still there for another two weeks. And I said, what is going on, Min? This place is like, it's on steroids. And she goes... I know, everyone's going mad, everything's just changed, there's and people everywhere. Is it the rest of Brisbane's discovered and that they're there? Look, I think what's happened is when it first started it was very much the Vietnamese, the Sudanese and it was also a little bit of the low socio-economic end yeah. of Brisbane people were yeah. still there. Whereas now, the Vietnamese have just come in, they've taken over every single shop. So the shops were a bit spasmodic when you got there. There was still a few Australians in there. and Whereas now, no Aussies. It's all Vietnamese. And it's fantastic. You know, they're wheeling and dealing and they all shop every day. And mm. because that's part of their culture, it's really interesting. You know, they're out there squeezing bloody sugar cane in the middle and everyone's drinking juices and everyone's buying bits and bobs. Because I just bought that Bang Quan. In there today too because I love it you know so they have all this fresh food every day Sorry. yep and everyone buys it every day it's sold out and it's just happening it's why it. was I telling you about that we we're talking about dumplings yeah where to go we're going to Sunnybank so. we're going to Sunnybank oh but they are so cool I'd be really good actually I'd love to do a podcast with the butcher out at Anala they're so unreal every time I go in there they go come and have lunch because they're always cooking something weird ass for lunch, you know. It's always awful and tripe and stuff that I really don't fancy. But I'm not giving up that opportunity for anything. It's like, I'll go and have lunch with you because I know it's going to be hilarious. You know, and they drag you out the back and you end up eating some kind of soup. And it's got greens in it and you have this hilarious conversation about the customers usually. <laughs> They're just so funny. But that'd be uh, gold for your food tours when you bring them in and they go, ah, how I sell Well, I mean, they love it because you do, you have a, you know, you are introducing a lot of people out there yeah. that they're never going to normally get. And it's great. I always see, you know, people walking around that have been on your food tours before and you think, you know, shop here before, yeah. but the cheapest well, best fruit and veg in town the funny thing is I used to do the butcher inside the shopping centre the Australian yeah. butcher yeah and I didn't even know out the back existed because yeah, right. the way that I used to do my run I'd drive in, drive into the front and I'd park there and go into the butcher and go I think it wasn't until I think you sent me out there to get some I was after a whole heap of stainless yeah. steel mixing bowls yeah 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 and you're like go ahead to Nala and I was like what I used to go here all the time, all this fresh food, and I didn't even know it was there. Because oh. it's just like when you know when you're doing a run, you you sort of like bang bang, but you don't sort of just look yeah, around. Yeah, you're not shopping and cruising around. No. Oh man, so beautiful. Mm. It's unbelievable. Love so it. I got a pork question for you. I did. I did yeah. some pork spare ribs or pork belly sort of diced last night, and I wanted to do like I wanted to do honey, lemon, garlic. 
and sesame, except I thought I had sesame seeds at home and I didn't. But I made like a marinade based slash cooking thing with two lemons, juice of two lemons, um, like a whole head of garlic, mm. uh, uh, some a little bit of soy, just a, a drop of soy sauce for some saltiness, mm. and then three big tablespoons of honey. Mm -hmm. Marinated the meat in it for a little bit, and then just roasted it off, and then kept turning it so that it was sort of basting. Mm. So you know, get little crispy bits, mm. and and it was beautiful, nice and soft and sticky and sweet, but it didn't have any citrus flavour left. How can I keep that citrusy flavour in it? Mm. Do I need to put zest in as well? Yeah, I'll put some zest in or some cafe lime yep. leaf. Yeah. Or just add a bit at the end. Dress it in a dressing at the uh, end as put well. Put some lemon juice on it at the end. So, because I do a dish, right, which is, you know, that uh, pork hock. And I cook it in the master stock. It's a muddy bots long grain recipe. And I... I cook the pork hock in the master stock and then I pull it off the bone and I set it and then I cut it into chunks. Yeah. And I fry. It's delicious. So it's very soy sweet, but it has no citrus on it. So then you make quite a nice citrusy mm, black vinegar kind of sauce and drizzle it over it because it cuts through the fat. Fat, yeah. So that's, and that's what I was going for because I knew it was quite fatty pork, which I knew would be delicious as because it, it rendered yeah. rendered most of the fat out. Yeah. Um, and it went beautifully sort of soft and, mm. and squishy. But yeah, I, I wanted a bit more cut through. Yeah. What would be really good, once they get big enough, is finger limes. Yeah. You know, scrape the, yeah. scrape the little beads over it and get that little mm. explosions mm. to cut through the fattiness when you're eating it. Yeah, yum. So dry they sell. My place is dying. Yeah, shit, we need some rain, don't we? It's pretty amazing to think that that um you know a couple of years ago it was in flood. Well, been and gone. And well, we've had to talk about the organic matter, haven't we? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I have to say it hasn't it hasn't scarred you looking where you've moved to. You're even closer to the water. <laughs> the water never scarred me. <laughs> it's just the cleanup. This is the cleanup. You know, starting again. Yeah, I think it was just the mo losing everything and having to buy everything again. Everyone's going, oh, unreal, you get all new stuff. Well, you hate new stuff. Yeah. Really? Do you want new everything? What are no, you? not new everything. I think it'd be um, uh, like, you know, books and CDs. Like, I read most of my books online oh, now. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, as much as I love physical books, mm. if... You know, if our house burnt down, I don't think I would go and buy another 2,000 physical books. But you don't replace stuff. No. I think the thing is, you don't really realise what you've missed because you don't really know what you have. But you would be walking along and you'll see someone wearing something you used to own or you go to look for something and it's not there. Yeah, yeah that'd be... And that goes on forever. Like, I even saw a girl in an outfit that we had. I used to have that. <laughs> Got right. washed away in God. <laughs> And so you think of that uh, all the time. And I think that's why I'm trying to unload everything, because I just don't want anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Got my mouth full, sorry. But interestingly enough, when I was young, I met this old couple, and they lived in a house on Belongeal Beach. Mm. And we used to rent the underneath of their house. It was like an old caravan almost. Anyway, they were lovely. 
they used to invite me up every day for a cup of tea. And I go up there and they had nothing. They had a couch, a TV, and minimal, minimal, nothing. Yeah. And I remember I said to them one day, you don't really have much stuff. And they're going, no, we lost everything in the Mount Macedon fires back in the 80s. We've never replaced it. We don't want any stuff. And I can kind of, it's always played in my mind. And I probably think that's got something to do with me going, I'm unloading all my stuff. But um, they were very much like that. They just didn't want any stuff and they travelled and they didn't have this whole cumbersome life with them. They just yeah. lived in this beautiful house overlooking the beach. There's nothing in it. <laughs> well, it's funny, Vanessa said to me yesterday, she goes, I understand a midlife crisis now. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, if you had your kids when you were 18 or 19 and then you didn't do what we did when we were 18 and 19 party and mm, mm. go crazy and stuff like that and you got to when your kids were 18 or 19 themselves and you kicked them out of home then it'd be like well now I want to go and do all that stuff it's a little bit different for us because we've done all that stuff yeah. and now we're having the you know mid 30s and having kids and it's like well, it's too exhausted <laughs> to have a midlife crisis <laughs> well apparently the whole world's on crystal meth well, you wouldn't have watched the news for ages, no, would you? I don't watch the news anyway. I don't really either, but I happen to catch... I see you've been watching a lot of reality television. Oh, so. no, I am obsessed. And I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, was, obsessed. I was going to start sending you text messages and saying, offer, offer to up. do an intervention. <laughs> My kitchen rules. Although I won't watch anymore, but that dickhead that was on there, that guy called the captain, his name was David and his wife. The guy that... He ran away. He, they were neighbours. Yeah. And he ended up moving in on his neighbour's wife. Oh. Right. So they've been on this thing. But they're those people that just can't cook, but they're just what? so cocky. Why are they on a show about cooking if they can't cook? Because they think they can. So they're the bad guys. They're the scripted bad guys. Yeah, but they're those... You know, I'm sure you've met these people before. You know people that are just such pills, but they have just such high... Yeah. Their egos are huge and they have... So many tickets on themselves. Like they were like that. Well, I was totally obsessed because I so wanted to see him fall on his own sword. <laughs> so I tell you, we we live with an Italian guy, and um, his dad's a chef. And Vanessa's visited them in Italy when she went overseas, and she said his dad is just amazing, proper Italian chef. Mm. You know, she said just every night, you know, gnocchi and pasta and just mm. banging it out of the park. Mm. Marco could not cook to save his life. His idea of dinner was a packet of dried number four spaghetti, spaghettoni, um, a thing of pasta sauce, uh, and some torn up basil, and that was it. And so <laughs> Sorry, Pat's just stuck his head over the thing going, and what's wrong with that? It's <laughs> <laughs> gone. I'm listening. Huh? So anyway, talking about that, that supreme confidence and arrogance, he used to go and play, a lot of the sort of European guys would play a game of soccer down at UQ where he was going to uni. And he came back from this soccer game one day and he walked in and he had his footy shorts pulled up, up to around his belly button and his shirt tucked in and all the rest of the house being Aussies just laid into him. 
absolutely laid into him about his fashion sense. And he's just looked down his nose at us and he's gone, I come from Milano, the fashion capital of the world. Who are you to talk to me? And we just cracked up laughing. And he's just strutted off to his room. And we'd had no effect on him at all. In no. his mind, he was a fashion god. I come from Milan, I am a fashion god. I could be wearing rags and I would still be more fashionable than you. Yeah, because so I come from Milan. Because I come from Milan. That was hilarious. But it's so funny. I mean, you've got to admire them. And, and that's the thing, you know, this, this, this couple, which is why I've been watching it, which now that they're out, I'm sure whatever channel it is, I don't even know what channel it is, but I'm sure they'll drag them back because they would have been good for ratings, so they'll yeah. drag them back somehow, but they were just such dickheads. They lived in Cairns on the water, you know, and they're going, oh, this is the life, you know, and then they open a bottle, we open a bottle of shampoo, that's what we call champagne. <laughs> and it was like, oh, are you a total retard? And then, you know, they're talking about something, they go, oh, a little bit cray-cray. That's what I wrote. You're a little bit cray-cray, a little bit addicting. But it's just too funny. So I was totally... I find it total escapism. self-parody that doesn't know that they're a self-parody. Oh, and anyway, they interviewed him last night. He's going, oh, I found it a lesson in humility. And I just thought, oh, where have you been your whole life? And if they didn't like their food, they go, we don't care. We're business people. Ah... What's that got to do with anything, mate? You're on a cooking show, you idiot. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Anyway, oh. and I'm a little bit obsessed with the block. Home I, renovations. Terrible. I know, it's we, just terrible. I was thinking about this, Ella. We watched the first series, and I just find that they're the sort of shows that have... They seem to have diminishing returns. Get worse and worse the longer they go. Mm. But um, we used to watch a show, a home renovation show, and it had the, it was the one that had Tom the Chippy on it. And the way they used to do it was that everything was on a really tight budget. This is back before the days, and I think the block is what changed it. Yeah, right. And everything was on a tight budget, so they'd come into a place and they'd just be real. Like the guy that ran it was just really inventive mm. on finding ways to to um that would have been good to change things out so they made the one that always stuck with my mind is they had a little bit like this deck and they had this bedroom and it was bedroom was really tight and tiny so they took out that door Mm. and opened up the wall and turned it into a sliding glass things Mm. which brought in light and made everything look bigger but then the door was like old hardwood really nice old hardwood timber Mm. so they sanded it all back the door took the knobs off and then put some legs on it and put a glass top over it to make it flat yeah and it was just the most amazing spec piece of furniture like that you just could not replicate do, mm. do you know what i mean yeah 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 it was just amazing and then the next season it was all we've been sponsored by these and, yeah. and everything was bought we buy this amazing ten thousand dollar stereo system and i was like well i'm not interested in that because i can't no, and that I, whole I sponsor thing just annoys the crap out well, of me. That's what killed MasterChef, didn't it? Yeah, you know they're still trying to make a comeback, but and <laughs> it's a bit like um, 
the block, you know, they don't tell you now how much they're spending and they just go out and buy these insane Same. pieces of furniture and they're shopping at all the really high-end, Herman and Herman, all these really high-end shops and you think, what are, but they won't tell you because I'm sure when people go to buy the apartments, if they're buying them for 1.7 million, they don't want to know, you yeah. know, what they've spent on it. So they're keeping that kind of under wraps, which annoys me a bit. Did, did you watch uh, Kevin... Have you seen Kevin McLeod's Man Made Shed? Yeah. Did you see the second series with his the one on the beach? Yeah, it was now great. That's, that's my sort Wasn't of renovation. Wasn't great when he found the ship and yeah, he's great. I love him. That's some really, and that was my attraction to the original River Cottage. Again, not so much now because it's it's sort of necessarily, but it was that real. Because they've got that dick doing it in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we all make choices. Look, <laughs> if I'd gotten that, I would not have twins now. So, well, that's right. Because Vanessa probably wouldn't have got pregnant so quickly. Yeah. So swings and roundabouts. Yeah, exactly right. I wonder whether they'll go for a second season of that. That'd almost have to be over by now. I don't know. Did it? Did it go well? I don't really know. I didn't really watched it. It was a Foxtel thing, so I guess they need content more than ratings don't they yeah I don't know they wheel those stars out and you kind of don't know whether they're big or not like you see them wheeling out those and you think who are you I don't know who you are what are you on (laughs) I don't know they just need so much stuff stuff yeah Uh, so I've got my my chooks back laying again I've got the snakes seem to have raided mine I was losing eggs big lizards and snakes so I went from getting five... Is that because it's so dry? I think so, yeah. Not yeah. much food supply. Yeah. So I was getting five eggs a day. And that was awesome. Like bringing you some yeah. eggs. And I was cooking eggs, eggs, everything was eggs. And then, bang, the, the chooks went off laying in there. They were laying off other places. Um, even if they laid an egg. Because like, normally you leave a couple of eggs there and they come back and lay there again. And so you'd leave a couple of eggs there in the morning, come back and, at night, and they'd be gone. And oh. then something's getting up into the pan and eating the eggs. It's like, ah, oh, such a hassle. Because you really want... I, I, I really like the chooks free-ranging. The eggs just taste heaps better when you can just let them go wherever they want. Yeah. You lose yeah. a couple of chickens, but... Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, snakes and foxes. That, and, it's like when I was at my friend's place recently... Um, she lives in the country and they, they had this beautiful new dog and I was like oh is that been the dog and I we bonded over the anyway we go out and we're walking around the garden to you know to pick some fruit off the fruit trees and get the eggs and then I see this beautiful dog that I bonded with this chook guts it's just hanging out of its mouth bye bye <laughs> dog I went, oh no and she goes oh no he just ate my chook I went oh and that that's the thing, like, once they start... Yeah, she you, goes, oh, no, I didn't think he ate chooks. So then that was it for that little puppy dog. Yeah, off they go. Oh, Mum said they had a couple of... You know, they always had farm dogs because they had the dairy farm and they had chickens and mm. pigs and stuff. And they're like, yeah, you, you occasionally get this really nice, beautiful nature dog, but it'd eat the chicken, so off it'd go to the city to be a city, city dog. dog can't be a farm dog if you're going to eat chickens. Uh, I know. I remember when that used to really f- upset me when I was younger because um, the sheep dogs, if they ate sheep, yeah, Dad would just go and shoot, shoot, them. shoot yeah. the dog. And, you know, 
He'd bring home a dog and he wouldn't let me really befriend it because I loved animals, you know, I loved animals. I was down there, oh, you know, a little puppy and then it'd grow up and I'd be like, oh, you know, there's Blackie. Then all of a sudden Blackie would eat a sheep and we'd all sit around going, oh no, God rest Blackie, Blackie would be gone. I mean, it was terrible. But, you know, that's a working farm, I suppose. It was a bit like, it was a bit like, with my poor little puppy that I had to put down the other day. There I am at the vet and they're wanting, they're saying to me, you know, I've got this dog and do you want to give it a blood transfusion and a brain scan? I mean, I love that dog to pieces, but no. And then they're going, so what funeral service would you like us to organise for your dog? And I'm like, uh, uh, no, no. I'm moving out of my house. Cause they're going, would you like us to pack her up for you? Uh, what am I going to do? Drive around with a dead dog in my boots? It's a bit different when you got a farm and you can put them under a fruit tree or something. Oh, hilarious. But anyway. Yep, life of a farm girl. Yeah. No, well, it's, it's, it's like the guy down the road that my farmer made. He said, oh, I've got to bring the, got to bring the does, the does are up through your place. And I said, oh yeah, what are you doing? He said, oh, one of the cows died down the road. Got to dig a dig a hole for it. Tip it into the hole. Cause you don't really think about that. What, no. what happens with an old cow? So. Yeah. We used to have this big old drain. The drain. I don't know what it was, but it was a big drain that run ran through our um, the back paddock of the property. Yeah. Just like big. You know, if it rained, it all filled up with water. But it was loaded with old cars. Like everyone had used it as a dump. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I'd drive the motorbike down and you'd find stuff all the time. But that was our burial ground. Down the drain. So the <laughs> birds would eat it. Oh, uh, dear. So, oh, that was the other question I had to ask you. I've been cooking a few beef ribs. And the last lot I made came out a bit dry. Have they, should you really be covering completely covering them in liquid when you slow cook them? Did you cook them for too long or...? Uh, they're in the French pan, you know, mm. with the lid on it. Oh, I can't remember, Sal. I just whacked them in the oven and... Like, I didn't think you could slow cook things Sometimes, for too long. Well, you yeah, know, they probably cook for 12 hours. Sometimes you can cook them for too long. You just yeah. cook every piece of moisture out of yep. thing, I reckon. Like, if it's, you know... I don't know if it was sitting in there and maybe the last two hours it was sitting out and it was yeah. being cooked and it was it's just dried cooked out. To a thing, then it sat outside the moisture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've done that with also buco before, but admittedly the meat was pretty shit as well, but that shouldn't matter. No. But it was as dry as dry. Some of them were quite nice, and I think they were the ones that had been mm. on the bottom, on the, you know, like there was two layers, and I think the top ones were the dry ones. I've never really slow braised ribs. I just don't do it like that. I wrap them and um, wrap them in. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> Sign language. <laughs> the drink more wine. <laughs> That'd be more quick. Um, yeah, so I wrap them in foil and so I kind of steam them and then I cook them. Do you? Do you marinate them first? I rub them. Oh, okay. So you dry rub them. Yeah. And then just wrap them in foil and cook them in the oven for a couple yeah. of hours. Yeah. And then and then I go and cook them. 
on a barbecue. Yeah, on a barbecue, yeah. or if I want to cook them in liquid, I'll then put them in a marinade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've just got a whole heap of speaking of this American sort of cooking. We've just got. Oh, uh, no, he was drinking a dirty granny. Oh, I'll be right. But we'll he's got to play football. Yeah. Do you want a beer? Nah, I'll be right. All good. Thanks, Pat. There's your work. Bits and beers. We just got a whole heap of dry rubs and jerky seasonings. Oh, cool. And um, little dry cures and stuff like that for pork and things like that. I think people in Australia have actually only just started experimenting with, with dry rubs. Yeah. I mean, it's huge in America, obviously, and all their barbecues and stuff, but I don't think Australians really ever got it. No. We're, yeah, our barbecue culture is more marinades and and. Yeah, but it's sausages. got to that hideous thing where, you know, people do that marinade, and this is the thing that I laugh about. They'll go and buy a bunch of marinated stuff from the barbecue, butcher shop which is yeah. done in all that sweet sugary whatever yeah. and then they upend the bag on the barbecue, barbecue and drain it and all that burns in about three minutes and yeah. turns black and then they end up with this raw meat sitting, sitting in the middle top. of this blackened uh, uh, they don't uh, they don't understand how a marinade works and yeah. for those people rubs are much better yeah and i actually don't know why butchers don't use rubs more well we do we sell we sell no, but I'm, I'm kind of saying the preparation thing like why put all those chicken wings just swimming in well we we sell sort of two there's sort of two ways you can go in what we sell we sell wet stuff yeah which is the stuff you're talking about yeah. and then we sell a whole range of they call them glazers which are all dry Mm. So you put them on dry, and the only moisture that you get into them is what comes out of the meat. Mm. And wet marinades, especially with chicken, as the moisture comes out of the meat, it tends to create like a film in between, and the mm. wet marinade slides off. Oh, right. Whereas the dry ones, mm. as the moisture comes out, the dryness seems to suck into the meat, mm. so you get a lot more flavour, and, mm. and you don't get that slip-off. But I reckon that's what we'll notice more in our butcher shops over the next five or six years. I reckon they'll start using rubs. Yeah. And so you won't see bowls of... Wet stuff. Wet stuff. You'll start seeing stuff that's actually got stuff in it. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, it's going to be that... Because we still get guys that won't buy the dry ones because Mm. it's less weight. Yeah. You know, so they're, yep. they're saying, well, it's more per kilo for the glaze, but then I'm putting less on, so I'm not making, like, you know, honey soy chicken wings. Not, yeah. I'm selling X amount of chicken wings plus half kilo of wet marinade, yeah. which is cheaper, and that's yeah, where I'm making yeah, my yeah. margin. Yeah, yeah. But just, yeah, unless, you're right, unless you're doing it in the oven, anything on a barbecue should not have a wet marinade on it because it's no. mostly sugar. Yeah. It just burns the fuck out of it. Yeah. But I'll continue to do that. The one I used to love was I used to get really thin uh, rib fillet steaks. Mm -hmm. And I'd get thyme and lemon zest, olive oil, lemon juice and salt. And sort of cry back at these thin steaks in it. And, you know, the lemon juice would sort of almost cook it a little bit. Yeah. And I'd use them on those dodgy um, push-button barbecues, you know, that don't get very hot. yeah. That I'm sure people wee on when you're not there. Yeah, you just, you know, just clean them <laughs> off, so it's all good. I'm still alive, aren't I? 
sort of cook that was on those barbecues that was A, you didn't have to wait for three hours for something to cook and B, you didn't take like, didn't feel like it was braised rather than yeah, yeah, barbecue yeah. so, well, I was at one the other day a barbecue? Mm, one of those ones and oh. like, I touch them all the time to see how hot they are yeah. and this one actually worked <laughs> I burnt myself <laughs> so, like, I got my fingers really close I'm like, that's really freaking hot God. And it took like 10 seconds what to... What park was that in? Start spooking that. Ben Lee, maybe they were, someone's broken it open and <laughs> played with the safety controls. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, that's funny. God. That was good. I went for a run. Vanessa played with Curtis in the park. And then, yeah, came back and had all the stuff sort of all prepped up and put the, put the barbecue oh, cool. on. cool. Sat there and watched the ducks. Yeah. So when did the kids come home? Uh, probably four more weeks. Yeah, right. But it all depends on... Like, they're sort of passing all their milestones pretty easily. Mm. Um, but it all goes on how much... They've got to be 2.2 kilos, I think, before they yeah, come Yeah, right. And then it's quite likely that Hilo will come home. And Raylan will stay for a little bit longer. Yeah, weird ass names. They are, they? Yeah. From... Both from television. <laughs> you tell me, I watch too much television. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all different television. <laughs> we just don't. We're not. We're not a massive fan of. So our process is: we hear a name from wherever, mm. like the sound of it. Mm. We just get on the net. To, like you know, so it gets thrown into the mix. Yeah. You know, there's always a mix of names that you're looking at. It gets thrown into the mix, and then you go onto the the there's like an Australian website and an American website. Yeah. The top 100 names for the last decade and the last year. And you make sure it's not on it. Yeah, you make sure it's not on that list. <laughs> they won't be on that list. They're not. <laughs> definitely not on those lists. Because you know. There's, there was one class where at Curtis's daycare and there was like three Williams. Yeah, right. You know, so you don't want that. No. Nah. Because otherwise it's just William, yes, all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And because um, William was one of the names because it's my, one of my grandfather's names and one of my great-grandfather's names. Mm. But it's like, it was the fifth most popular name last year so it got bumped to a second name. Too popular. Too popular. Bad luck. Bum, bum. So, no girl, Sally. Can't call one Sally. God. Well, Sally's never made a comeback, you know. It's never come back. It's no, weird. It will, though. They always do. Oh, but it's been like 45 years. <laughs> never made a comeback. It's funny you go through, look, you go through that top 100 list and the amount of, um, like, a lot of famous people's second names as first names. Yeah, right. Um, and then just real religious, traditional slash religious mm. names. Everyone names their kids hoping they'll be the Prime Minister. Really? God, I well, wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. No shit. This, I had this dude here the other day and he was a builder. 
Anyway, his last name is Fung. And I, and I said to him, hey, cool name. Because he had quite a cool name. And he goes, not as cool as my son. His name's Rocky Fung. <laughs> Rocky Fung? I said, what do you want him to be? He goes, whatever he wants to be. I went, hilarious if he becomes the Prime Minister. He goes, won't it? Well, there's a, a South African batsman at the moment called De Kock. <laughs> I'm not lying. That's his name. And um, one of the guys I follow on Twitter said he's he's got a there's a, he works and there's a large group of South African um, guys at his work, and they're all mad cricket fans. And this guy just got picked in the second Test side, yeah. so he went up to him and he goes, "Oh, so what do you think of De Kock?" And he goes, oh, I love to cock. <laughs> and he's completely missed it, but all his South African mates have just laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> oh, dear. Childish humour never goes out of fashion. Oh, uh, so, so next week, you reckon, we go to Sunnybank and try some dumplings? <laughs> Let's go and have dumplings. That'd be hilarious. You can educate me ways of Asian food. Well, we might get her to educate us. Because the chick that owns it is actually this young, groovy... I can't remember her name. I'll find her card. But she's really cool. Like, she's just a young, groovy chick. So, a dumplings... Uh, like, is dumplings one part of Asia or is dumplings sort of all through Asia in different forms? It's like the noodle. Yeah. You know, they say everything started in China. Yeah. But all Asian countries have taken it on. Yeah. As the Chinese spread themselves around. Yeah. And then, and like, then they say, all Vietnam got their a own... French influence to it. And yeah, so Malaysia they all do got... their own thing. Yeah. You know, but those, um, you know, like the Chinese dumplings with the broth in the middle of them. That's yeah. their kind of standout yeah, dumpling, the, you know. They're the ones that blew me away. And then um, today I was out at... Anala and I had this dumpling that was in a thing, but it was beautiful new, you know, glass noodles and yep. mushrooms and um, garlic chives. Oh, okay. So totally different and light, but not as he- well. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's so many different with, regions with of a, China. With a meat can't... as well. No meat. No meat, just veggies. Mm, okay. It's delicious, but totally different flavour to like the yeah. Chinese dumpling. Well, that was what I really enjoyed. That place I went out in Melbourne that my mate took me to was he's like get this and this and this I recommend and then you pick a couple of different ones and yeah like, you know we got six things on the table and away we went yeah but yeah it was all you know the one with the soup tasted very different we got some deep fried ones yeah it was all and then you get the Japanese gyoza which is beautiful because they fry them on the bottom and then they steam the top yeah you know so there's all different yeah, so it's many different. variations on the same thing. Mm. Alright, sounds yeah. good. Let's do that. Oh, right. God, we're on tour. On tour. God. Taking it on the road. God. Alright, do you want to give your furniture place a plug? Yeah, come and see us at Big Vintage. We're out at Commerce Street in Salisbury. Yeah. It's good. It's Cooking not... school's about to open up out there soon. I'm getting the um, ovens all being, it's all unwrapped and it's all out, but I'm getting it all rigged up next week. So just daytime cooking schools? Yeah, 
Well, I might do a few night times. Oh, never say never. Who knows? <laughs> Did you get rid of all your cooking school here? Yeah, I wanted to buy some new stuff. Well, I don't need... I'm only going to do demos. I'm not going to do hands-on oh, stuff okay. anymore. So, so I thought I'd get some new... So you've only really got to uh, have the equipment to cook for yourself and then enough plates to plate up. Yeah. So I had equipment for 40 people to cook before, whereas yeah. now I'm not... Doing that. I actually think people have moved on from that whole thing. I think yeah. people are tired after work. They want to come. They want to sit and they want to eat. Really, they just want to eat, eat. and hear you talk for a bit and yeah. learn a few tricks and nick off. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. You wouldn't. You just want to cook. Yeah, but... Uh, I, no, I can totally understand. And, and that way you're not being slowed down by the worst person in the group. Yeah. Yeah. You know, see, I'd probably find that frustrating as well. You know, I'd be waiting for someone to cut an onion up while, you know, it's mm. like, well, I've done my shit. Come on, let's get to the next thing. Hurry up. That's like that cooking class where I went to where I had to make creme brulee and seriously it took two seconds. So I was a bit like, what are you all doing? We're there for another hour and a half and not have anything to do. I am doing cooking classes though at the moment at Wandering Cooks. Have, you heard, have we talked no, about Wandering Cooks? No, what's Wandering Cooks? Wandering Cooks is a fantastic concept um, run by this chick, Ange. Um, she's called the Food Doctor and she set up this awesome it's almost a little bit of a social enterprise where if you need a commercial kitchen because you want to go and sell stuff at a market or anything you can hire a kitchen app for 20 bucks an hour yeah. but it's, she's done a really cool space yeah wall of herbs and stuff so i'm doing some cooking classes there oh nice cool is it online people can go and have a look at that you can't book them they're groups uh, right. book a group yeah. sounds good go on you three people get the three of you together <laughs> and come book cook class <laughs> Uh, all right. See you next week, Sal. See you next week. We should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what. Right. You bugging us, Jeff, you know it. We're going to be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free. What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. Now, where's the cheese? Okay, how was it? Mm, I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. How about corned beef, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Um.